sixth grade was probably when I realized something. Uh, <laughs> it, it probably should not have been a surprise, but it was around that time that I discovered I was a nerd. I know. Me, of all people. A nerd? Yeah, right? I, yeah. Well, that was when I figured it out, in case you haven't noticed, if you've been listening for a while, but... I used to literally beg my teachers in class because I was a bit of a teacher's pet and I like to get ahead on all my work. I used to beg them to let me go to the library because, you know, I was just a kid at the time. I didn't have any money to go buy new books and, you know, I wasn't going to ask my mom to buy me every new release that came out. But through the pages of a book, I could escape into something amazing, fantastic. Through those written words that were meant to, you know, give out a meaning, give out a lesson, I could learn more by chasing my own thirst for knowledge than what any classroom could provide. And if it weren't for books, I probably would not have the worldview, the insight, the opinions, the ability to critically think about certain things, the wide and expanding knowledge that only the written word and sometimes you know a good audiobook can actually go out and give you books are meant to take you to a different place beyond the here the now even the tomorrow and because of that i've got one hell of a show for you Folks, welcome back to the one, not only Remso Republic podcast. I'm your host, as always, Remso W. Martins. Go ahead and do me a favor. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Remso101. That's R-E-M-S-O-101. Follow me. I'll follow you back. That way, we'll go ahead and grow our ever-loving Liberty family. Here at the Remso Republic, we've got one mission that we try and do well each and every episode. We want to go ahead and make freedom fun again. We're talking about individual liberty. Economic liberty, limited government, the idea that you do you, I do me, we don't use the government as a violent middleman, and we can go ahead and live a voluntary, peaceful, and cooperative life. Life is better when you're having fun and you're living it without fear of violence, coercion, or theft. I mean, you know, some people get that, others don't. But uh, thank you for coming back for new listeners and old listeners alike. One thing that you could probably see by looking at the lineup, if you've been looking at some of our past episodes, is this season is different than the others. I'm taking more time to do stuff myself, so if you're not a big fan of me and you're more a fan of my guests, I hope you'll give me a chance. If you're not a fan of me, well, bye-bye. I mean, there are enough places to go out and hear this type of stuff. Um, What I'm trying to do right now, season four, is something different because I think you deserve, you know, a a wide and flavorful palette, so to speak. What we've been trying to focus on are the disruptors. Creative disruption is changing our world. I mean, it's always changed our world. And we've got so many great interviews and episodes ahead. I kind of want to not take a step back, but move over to the side and discuss something that is, well... I think it's pretty important. 
it's the idea of investing in yourself. There's so much you can learn out there. There's so much that you could take the time to become a master of. There's so much you could do just to expand your own imagination. Mark Cuban, uh, you know, the billionaire that owns basically everything, he went ahead and put out a video, I think it was with Gawker or one of those, you know, quick internet type of things. Uh, you know, it was a short video. And what he went ahead and discussed were the ways to go ahead and become a billionaire. I remember one of the <laughs> one of the tips he gave was live like a college student. Because when he graduated from college, he was saving up everything. You know, he was still driving a beat up car, even when he was, you know, a millionaire. And uh, he gave some other fantastic tips. I'll go ahead and see if I can find them. But one of the things that uh, (laughs) it's so strange because you're always expecting financial tips and everything else. But one of the things that Um, Cuban went ahead and said was that one of the biggest investments you could make is in books. And you go ahead and you think of that. You must be thinking, how will books be able to make me a millionaire? And he said what he used to do is he used to go buy as many books as he could that he was interested in. And if they could give him one good idea that could go ahead and make him more money or go ahead and, you know, increase his likelihood of succeeding at something, he would go ahead and he would buy it. And he'd say that one book that gave me that one idea was worth more than anything I could have done. And that really did resonate with me because um, I'm not much of a TV guy. I mean, I've got Hulu and Netflix and that type of stuff. I listen to a lot of podcasts, if you haven't been able to tell. And, uh, you know, from before I could even read, I was a comic book nerd. But there was just something about books that I, you know, they always drew me. I love a good book. It kills time. You can have so much fun. And there's just, you know, there's a different way of processing information. And I believe that you retain it a lot more. Studies have shown from scientists that people that read versus people that, you know, do other things, regardless of your particular preferred learning style, go ahead and are able to maintain information a lot more. And I want to go ahead and talk about something that um, I've wanted to do for a while. I thought about making this a Patreon episode, but I was like, no, this is this is something that makes a lot of sense. And I think I think you'll like it. So if you like it, go ahead. Hopefully you'll share this episode around. Hopefully you'll go ahead and let me know. So I liked it. Maybe you'll buy some of the books and we can go ahead and chat about them. If not, let me know. And if there are some books on here where you're like, oh, what, what's the deal of that? I will gladly explain. And the Remster Republic Nation, that's our private fan group. Go ahead, drop me a line there. Go ahead and say, Remso, I hate this. I love that, all that stuff. And let's, let's have a good conversation. So for this, I'm not making this a definitive list because I think I've put out lists like this before and they always end up changing. So this is kind of like a snapshot into my mindset right now. But um These are in no particular order. They're just 10 of the books that I think are 10 of my favorite. They're not necessarily all inherently political. A lot of them are philosophy, religion. Some are fiction, some are nonfiction, some are mindset books. So they don't necessarily carry, you know, a a a specific genre or what have you. But what they are, they're books that all have a common theme of individualism self-confidence, how to get over adversity, 
how to critically think about things. And, you know, they I think they do a really good job at portraying the human condition, which is that, you know, if you're following a biblical worldview is that man is fallen, man is flawed, and man has a lot that he needs to go ahead and overcome. So here's my list. And remember, no particular order. I'll go ahead and link to all of these in the show notes at RemsterRepublic.com. Let's go ahead and get started. The first one, because I've got to throw people, you know, a little bit of catnip to keep them going, is don't hurt people and don't take their stuff, a libertarian manifesto by my old boss, Matt Kibbe. You remember Matt from episode 100, which was the season three finale of the Remster Republic. That book is, um, it's everything you need. One of the first libertarian books I was ever given was, um, gosh, it was like 7,000 pages long. And it was written in like the 90s. And it was just like, I don't even remember the title of it. It was, I don't, I didn't finish it. And that's the case for so many other books. They're, they're made for academics. They take 20 years to finish. And by the time you get through the end of it, it's like, yeah, you can go ahead and talk to somebody if maybe a master's degree who's really into like Austro economics and natural law. But the thing about this book by um, Matt is that it's just you can give it to anybody and they'll just eat it up because it's in the now. It talks about things that most people, especially millennials my age, care about. And it's the idea of natural rights, free markets and constitutionalism for just the average person. I remember the first time I got that book, I read it twice in about a month. I can go back and listen to that episode where I'm just kind of gushing over it, and I've brought it up so many times in the past, but people that are, uh, you know, big big wig politicians read that book and they love it. People that are academics love it. People that are politically apathetic who have read that book. They all love it. I even got one of my old liberal teachers to read it. And he was like, how can anyone really argue with this? I don't know if I converted him, but it was good enough for him to at least get through the end of it and say, this was pretty good. It's that type of book where you can take a complicated issue and market it as something simple, but easy and not, you know, it's not dumbed down or watered down in any way. It's just a smart approach to doing it because you shouldn't overcomplicate something that is so elementary, the idea of liberty. And I think that is the one book that regardless of how many times I might redo this list will always be on there. If you don't have Don't Hurt People and Don't Take Their Stuff, a Libertarian Manifesto by Matt Kibbe, and you call yourself a Libertarian, I'm sorry, we can't be friends. It's it's a matter of that. So definitely go get it. You can get through that book in like less than an hour. Like really, it's um, you might, it might take you a little bit longer than that, but you can get through it in like, you know, an easy two hour plane ride or something. You could read it at lunch at work every day and it might take you like, maybe a week, if you really separate it out like that. But that's just one book that it's it's everything you need. And it'll just really inspire you to go on and explore more because just like a good Marvel movie, it just plants Easter eggs and stuff throughout the book where it's like, oh, what's a Milton Friedman? What's an F.A. Hayek? What's an Austrian? What's a non-aggression principle? Who the heck is Adam Smith and all this other stuff? It's so much fun and it's 
I mean, come on. It's libertarianism for the cool kids. If you really want to put it out that way, then that's the best pitch I can give for it. Definitely go out and get that copy. Um, what else is here? Okay, this one is not necessarily political. I mean, you can make it, you can politicize it if you wanted to, but it's um, Purple Heart by Patricia McCormick. You know, Patricia McCormick from The Road. It's that post-apocalyptic story that everyone feels more depressed after reading. Or if you're like me and you didn't really like the book, you watched the movie and you were just like, wow, it's even more depressing than anything the book could have given me. And um, this is about a young Marine who is uh, injured after a firefight in Iraq. And it's about him recovering um, for, you know, for a couple days. And he's just thinking about his life and how did he end up there? And he's thinking about the morality of what's going on. And coming from a military family, uh, you know, being a soldier myself, it's definitely one of the few books that, and you could tell that, you know, it's like anything else, unless you were in the military, there are just certain things where it's like, oh, it wouldn't be done that way and stuff like that. But I think Purple Heart, um, it doesn't get the recognition it does, but what it does is it shows the humanity behind the men and women in uniform that very few directors, writers, filmmakers, actors have ever really been able to succeed at because it doesn't show, you know, a stereotype of a soldier. It's not using this soldier to, uh, I keep calling him a soldier and he's a Marine unless, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, this guy, it, it doesn't politicize it. It's not, uh, you know, a review or a analysis of the war in Iraq or anything. It's just talking about this kid because he's only like 19 in the book and it's showing what it's like to deal with PTSD. It's showing what it's like to deal with somebody that's dealing with stuff that no ordinary person should really ever have to encounter. And it's just a beautiful story. And uh, once you read that, whether you were in the military or not, you're going to have a higher appreciation for people that are willing to go out and do extraordinarily dangerous things for others and ultimately the book is about forgiveness it's about bravery it's about love and you know if you do want to make it a little bit political i do think what it should show is whether or not we want to put good people in harm's way and whether it's worth it sometimes we have to fight i've never called myself anti-war i will call myself pro-peace but you know this will really make you wonder would I put myself in this situation? Would I be willing to put others around me in that situation? And when do we say stop? When do we say go? When you take everything down to a human level, um, I think that's where you really begin to see you know, the fabric of life itself. And Purple Heart is beautifully written. It's another short read, maybe a couple hundred pages. And uh, I, I can't hide, I cannot recommend that book enough you know i think it's one of the few books that i was assigned to read in school that i actually enjoyed reading and that says a lot because you could not get me to read something and then expect me to enjoy it at all and this is coming from the nerd that loves books i hated reading the books i was forced to read anyway oh god gotta go ahead and pay the bills around here let's look at the sponsor okay we are living in the cryptocurrency revolution. We're living in the age of Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, the blockchain, all that stuff. The fiat currency in your wallet will not 
ever be what it truly says. That dollar could be worth less or more tomorrow. It could completely, you know, turn into a Venezuela type scenario where it's just nothing overnight. But it's good to diversify your assets and, you know, try and get a little bit of skin in the game. Try and make sure you have a little bit of financial security and that you're monitoring, you know, the value of the actual value you should be exchanging for goods, services, and commodities. So go ahead and follow the currency revolution we're seeing in the crypto sphere today. Go ahead and go to the sponsors tab on RemsterRepublic.com. Click on Join Helium. That's Join Helium. You'll see the picture that says Join Helium on the sponsors tab. Or simply put, just go to RemsterRepublic.com forward slash sponsor. Uh, try saying that a million times. RemsterRepublic.com forward slash sponsor. Click on Join Helium today. You're listening to the Remster Republic. We'll be right back after this. With Bitcoin today at RemsoRepublic.com slash donate. Hello, my name is Alex Merced, and I am a libertarian. I invite you to join me in spreading the message of liberty. Come down to AlexMerced.com where you can find videos and lots of other media to help educate people about liberty and more. I've also created LearnEconomicsNow.com as a quick way to show anyone the basics about economics. Libertarian101.com, a great starting place to learn what is libertarianism, how to get involved, and how to move things forward. IntroTheLiberty.com, where you can learn more about how to spread the message of liberty through positive messaging from people like myself, Larry Sharp, and Michael Pickens. And don't forget LibertarianPodcast.com, where you can find an exhaustive list of libertarian podcasts for you to enjoy. This is Alex Merced. Follow me on social media such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. And thank you very much. Join the Rimso Republic on Patreon today. 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 Hey, that's really Tim Preuss here, and I wanted to take a minute and invite you to stop over to PreussPodcast.com and give our show a listen. We've got in-depth commentary on the issues that matter to you. These hookers. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking whores are out there. These hookers, man, I tell you. Yeah, that's like the (laughs) most contact I've had with the hooker. It's them yelling at you. yelling at me on Twitter. (laughs) We break down the most pressing issues of our time. This large lady with, like, tight clothing on. Not appropriately linked to tight clothing either. And we get the most intelligent analysis from friends of ours like Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, we pulled over engine trouble and, and what happened, what happened? Uh... 
uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, uh, oh, I, oh, God. Seriously, though, we love putting on a show that both entertains and educates. We're growing, and we'd be thrilled if you joined us. Check out PreussPodcast.com for more. That's P-R-E-U-S-S Podcast.com. Resmo Republic. Uh, this is a declared right-wing podcast, but it's also declared a libertarian podcast. And here's this guy who's clearly on the right, you know, leaving all that up. Such as Glenn Beck, who identifies as a libertarian, and and um, I don't even want to put Rimzo up there because he's really barely, you know, he's not prominent at all. All right, everyone, we're just going to, you know, hard charge from here. I'm going to try and get through this list as fast as I can. So that way we have a little bit of time to just, you know, kind of nitpick and meander from there for the rest of the show. But let me see. The first book, as a bit of a recap, was Don't Hurt People and Don't Take Their Stuff, A Libertarian Manifesto by Matt Kibbe. The second book was Purple Heart by Patricia McCormick. Um, the third one, and I'll I'll combine the third and the fourth books on this list together it's um the first one well they're both by donald miller and for those of you that know donald miller he's a bit of a marketing guru and for those that really know him you're probably thinking remso you have a liberal on this list yeah uh when i was at liberty university donald came to campus to speak convocation and he joked about him being liberty's token liberal friend and uh, I, I loved it. He spoke about the hero's journey and, you know, building a story brand and, you know, a little bit of his testament. But Blue Like Jazz and Scary Close are probably the books that I, you know, if, gut reaction, you tell me. It's like, Remso, what book should I read? I'll be like, have you read Blue Like Jazz? And then I'll say, have you read Scary Close? Because I think you have to read them in order to really understand them. I read them out of order. I read Scary Close first which is a book about, you know, egoism, how you see yourself when you're kind of caught up in the rat race of life. And then uh, Blue Like Jazz is more of a secular look at Christianity. And, um, you know, I, I see it as like, a, you know, he won't call it his evangelistic book. But if you read that book and you don't, and if you're an atheist and you don't consider learning more about Christianity, then I think there's something wrong with you. But that was, uh, that was his book. Blue Like Jazz was talking about his life entering adulthood and finding his meaning in the world, learning his relationship with Jesus Christ and God. And, um, you know, as, as I was reading that, I saw a lot of my own life paralleled with what Donald Miller was doing. And he writes in a way that most of my English professors and literature professors would probably say is shit, but I'm okay with that because he writes like he talks and that's kind of like how I am when I blog. I write like my, like I talk and you see a lot more of that in Scary Close. And the good thing is, is that these books, um, you know, he, he does interject his politics, but even though they are different from mine, it doesn't take away from the story itself. Um, you know, you learn to really respect him and if you are looking at it from the constant lens of, oh, I don't like his politics or something, uh, you begin to kind of ignore that and you begin to just really respect and admire him as a person. 
And if you love blue like jazz, you'll love scary close. It's um, it's more of like a gut check on yourself because I think he's challenging the reader a lot more. Uh, you know, as I was starting the podcast, I'm really happy that I read Scary Close because he gives you a lot of the pitfalls and the traps he fell into as someone that became a bit of a celebrity. And, you know, I was I never reached Donald Miller status, but, you know, you get praise, you get access to things and you get to meet people and you get certain opportunities that you wouldn't get otherwise. And, you know, you, you begin to develop a bit of a fat ego and, uh, you know, I think I credit Scary Close to keeping me as a grounded person. I do believe it helped strengthen my relationship with my friends, uh, my girlfriend and my family. And I think if you're anyone that puts themselves into the, you know, the public square, so to speak, if you're no matter what you do, if you're in a position where you're in a opportunity to influence other people, I don't think there is a more important book than Scary Close. And, uh, you know, a lot of people I know, Fortune 500 CEOs, stuff like that, they've all read it. And it doesn't necessarily take as much of the, you know, religious approach as Blue Like Jazz does, but it's, uh, it's just so good. I wouldn't even call it a self-help book. It's just, it's in a genre all its own, and it's perfect the way it is. So Blue Like Jazz and Scary Close by Donald Miller absolutely love it and if you're an entrepreneur or a marketer or a writer if you sell anything if you even have a website if you just want to be a better storyteller i don't often recommend other podcasts especially for people that will not come on the show and quick story i reached out he didn't have time i got one of the generic oh sorry kind of not sorry that type of stuff but uh the building a story brand podcast by donald miller helps me with my business helped me become a better uh, writer, better orator, you know, just overall, I am a better person for listening to his lessons. Podcast absolutely free on iTunes. Go ahead and check it out. Only after you're done listening to the Rumser Republic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I really didn't plan this list out the way you might think I did. Um, the next, and I'll combine the next two, The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Uh, you know, The Fountainhead follows Howard Rourke and Atlas Shrugged follows Dagny Taggart, who's in the pursuit of John Galt. Um, both of these books are probably the most influential on this list. The Fountainhead will take you into a deep, deep exploration into what selfishness and egoism truly is. Now, when I say, you know, oh, he had an inflated ego, I mean that differently than ego is good. By having an inflated ego, and I mean it like that, I mean, you know, you're, you, you, you lack hubris. You, um, you know, you're not very cognizant of yourself and your abilities and you make yourself out to be more. When I'm talking more about egoism, I'm talking more in, in like the Rand sense when I'm talking about it in this way. I'm talking about, you know, believing in yourself, having confidence, living intentionally. And that's the one thing that uh, I, I really took from the Fountainhead. It's living intentionally because I think there are a lot of people, they go through like, you know, the assembly line of life, graduate, go to school, get out, get a job, uh, work for people and give your entire life to those that would replace you so easily in a week, get to 65, retire, and then go to an old folks home and die. Um, 
and don't question anything. Don't ever shake the boat. Uh, if you want to be a person that has more of a radical approach to life where it's like, I want to live intentionally, I want to live by my own code of ethics, no matter what that is, uh, you'll definitely love the character of Howard Rourke. He's a bit of a dick, but he's an exaggerated form of the message that Ayn Rand is going to try and push out throughout the Fountainhead. Uh, you know, I've had people mention, oh, it's a book about architecture. No, it's not about architecture. Architecture is a metaphor for creation, and uh, that's it. And Atlas Shrugged, uh, okay, this is one of the few times I'm going to say get the audiobook. I've read it several times in its entirety. Uh, I don't regret reading it, but, you know, I listened to the audiobook recently, so that would mean it's my third time consuming Atlas Shrugged. And um, just just get the audiobook, okay? Just save yourself the frustration because you're going to see how much you have left. And honestly, it's much better to consume an audiobook in, you know, when you're dealing with a book that big. And what that talks about is it talks about um, more of, and, you know, conservatives like Atlas Shrugged because it shows the problems of big government. Libertarians love it because it shows, uh, you know, what rugged individualism looks like, what selfishness actually looks like, the root of money. Uh, while Fountainhead may have been Ayn Rand's first commercial success, uh, Atlas Shrugged is really her magnum opus, and it covers so many different topics. And, you know, John Galt, he gives a 64-page speech in the third part of the book, and it covers so much. Uh, you've probably heard your liberal friends talk about how much they hate it, and they say Atlas Shrugged as if it's some type of, like, you know, curse word. But honestly, um, don't learn about Atlas Shrugged from other people and just think, oh, because they told me it, that is what it is. You will not know Atlas Shrugged unless you actually engage with it. And for the love of God, don't watch the movies. They are just so poorly done and you're only getting a fraction of it. I know people always talk about it that way when you're dealing with a film that is based off a book. They're like, oh, I didn't like the book. Honestly, I like some movies more than the books. But the three parts of Atlas Shrugged, they bug me because they recasted every character each time. You know, just from a filmmaker's point of view, it's just bad. Go ahead and get the audiobook. Save yourself the time. You'll love it or hate it, but you'll be better because of it. I'm not an objectivist. I've said this to the lovely Jennifer Grossman. I do not subscribe to objectivist worldview that Rand uh, promotes in all of her books, but I am a better person because of Ayn Rand, and I would not be where I am if not for having read her books and learned about uh, the objectivist worldview and apply certain parts of it to my life to see how it fits my worldview. So definitely go check out The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged. She's written many other fantastic books. I'd put Anthem on the list, but you know, since I was like, oh, let's keep it down to 10, Anthem is good. Uh, we the Living is good, but it's not, you know, they're not The Fountainhead and they're not Atlas Shrugged. They're just lesser books. They're still good, but they're just lesser. Okay, what else? What else? Uh, Flying High, Remembering Barry Goldwater by William F. Buckley. This was his last book. It covers the 1964 campaign of Senator Barry Goldwater, the father of modern-day libertarianism. Let me tell you, if you are a newborn libertarian and your knowledge of the extent of libertarian figures is Ron Paul, Gary Johnson, and Rand, you are missing out 
on some very, very important information, and you cannot understand the context of today's modern liberty movement if you don't understand the impact of Barry Goldwater. And I don't just say he's my favorite U.S. politician because he's the father of libertarianism, but he's also from the best state in the country, Arizona. Call me a bit biased, but you're going to learn stuff in that book. You're going to see things from a different perspective than if you read other books about Goldwater. Um, I'd say that it does a better job of portraying Goldwater's views on things than his own book, uh, Conscious of a Conservative. I read this and then read Conscious of a Conservative. Um, it's just written better because it's written by Buckley, who was a phenomenal writer during his time alive, and uh, it's a primer for everything else you could possibly know. I'd, I'd recommend basically reading Don't Hurt People and Don't Take Their Stuff to get a flavor of everything, especially as an introduction to libertarianism, and then go back and learn a little bit of your liberty history by reading Flying High by uh, uh, William F. Buckley. So go ahead and definitely get that. Okay, Living with Honor by Sal Ginta. I read this right before I went to basic training, and uh, it's a lot like... Um, Purple Heart, except it's a memoir. He was a Medal of Honor recipient. It's a book that also shows, you know, the life of a soldier from, you know, from more of a human perspective. But it's, uh, it, it shows, you know, you connect with him because he's really just an average person. You know, he talks, he doesn't, he doesn't really like, you know, sugarcoat anything. He talks about his problems. He talks about the challenges in his life before and after the incident that made him a Medal of Honor recipient. But it's one of those books where it shows if you live a good life, you have a good moral compass, and you always go out to try and do the right thing, um, you'll never have to worry about, you know, am I making the right decision? You'll just know. You might doubt yourself, but you'll just know, okay, I need to do this, and then I'll go ahead and, you know, deal with the consequences later. Um Okay, number eight on here, Righteous Indignation by Andrew Breitbart. Cannot recommend this enough if you want to learn about the establishment, about the liberty movement from the eyes of a more conservative person. If you want to understand the rise of alternative media, which is changing our landscape right now, you have to get it from the king who saw this movement years before anyone could really understand and comprehend it. Andrew Breitbart, the founder of Breitbart.com, who died of a heart attack several years ago. Righteous Indignation, I listened to it, and then I read the book. Um, I mean, it, he's he's like the conservative Nostradamus. I, I can't speak of him highly enough. This man, it's... I, I almost feel like we were robbed of his potential because if he were here with the access and the abilities and the information in the world we have now, he would have been a rock star. And, um, you know, I definitely believe that if you're getting involved in any type of activism, if you're getting involved in journalism, if you want to do anything in the conservative movement, you have to see it from the eyes of somebody that saw it when it was nothing. And he's truly one of those Ayn Rand heroes. He built something out of nothing, and he was leading the way in how to communicate, how to engage the culture. I, you know, My favorite Andrew Breitbart quote was, politics is downstream of culture. The elections mean nothing if you don't win the hearts and minds of the people. You know, Engage in the culture. Understand the purpose of entertainment, art. You know, the, the language, you know, understand the terminology, how people think, how, what makes them tick. Righteous indignation, 
Excuse Me While I Save the World by Andrew Breitbart. And um, lastly, this one might get me a little bit of shit, but I don't care because you want honesty. So here it is. Um, Gorilla Mindset by Mike Cernovich. Don't believe anything you've heard from him. If you want to know why he is the way he is, why he does what he does, and if you want to go ahead and, you know, not necessarily be a more machismo person, but, you know, it, it goes with the theme of living intentionally, live in the now, be your best self. Guerrilla mindset is really going to, you know, unlock your inner potential. I don't like a lot of mindset books, a lot of these self-help books, but, you know, guerrilla mindset doesn't tell you how to be better. It teaches you how to evaluate yourself and how to ask yourself what will make you better. And I think that's a very rare thing that a lot of books don't do. So guerrilla mindset by Mike Cernovich you know, definitely you need that if you're getting involved in any leadership situation where, you know, you're going to have a lot of stress and you're going to have to, you know, really take care of yourself and figure out what is the best thing for me, because no one else can tell you that. There are a lot of books that tell you how to be the best version of you, but Gorilla Mindset challenges you to ask yourself, how can I be the best version of myself? So those are my 10 books. I'll go ahead and list them off and I'll include them in the show notes on the website again, remsorepublic.com. It's Gotta take a breath. Okay. Don't Hurt People and Don't Take Their Stuff, A Libertarian Manifesto by Matt Kibbe. Purple Heart by Patricia McCormick. Scary Close and Blue Like Jazz by Donald Miller. The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Flying High by William F. Buckley. Living with Honor by Salvatore Ginta. Righteous Indignation by Andrew Breitbart. And Gorilla Mindset by Mike Cernovich. That's about it. Go ahead and uh, let me know on Twitter at Remso101. Uh, you agree with me, what you liked, what you don't like. We could totally start a book club. That'd be awesome because I already have the books. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. See you in the next week, folks. Go ahead and do me a quick favor. Leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Go ahead and check us out on Patreon for so much more exclusive content and other fun stuff. Oh, if you like books, if you signed up at the $10 level or higher at the beginning of each new season of the Remster Republic, I send you a signed book from an author of my choice. Everyone that signed up before the start of season four got a signed copy by Dr. Tom Woods, the author of The Politically Incorrect Guide to American History. They love it. Uh, he personalized it for them. They, uh, you know, I got a lot of great feedback from that as the book of choice. And, you know, we, we love to read. Re- you know, leaders are readers. And if we want to go ahead and truly uh, be the best out there in the free market of public opinion and stuff, you know, Arm yourself with knowledge the best way possible. Pick up a good book. As always, be good to your neighbor. Go out and treat yourself a bit. And tune in next week, America. I'm Remsel W. Martinez. Good night. Stay up to date with the latest news and updates by visiting RemsoRepublic.com. Hey, this is Lloyd Bailey, the Armed Lutheran, host of the Armed Lutheran radio podcast, reminding you that the podcast you're listening to is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Check out all the great content at selfdefenseradio.net.